This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Want to become the sort of developer top rail shops like ThoughtBot fight over? Join Upcase today to get the pro training, insider knowledge, access to ThoughtBot developers, and a community of like-minded learners you need. Hone core skills like Vim, Tmux, Git, and Rails by visiting upcase.com slash half off to get 50% off your first month of Upcase. Let's get that junior out of your title and start leveling up today with Upcase. I'm not done with my warm-up. Why Why are you rushing things, man? You're never done with your warm-up, man. I'm not, yeah, I am. But I gotta warm up my vocals. You've been, you've been talking for 10 minutes already. Yeah, but... <clears throat> I gotta clear my throat. I gotta do like, I don't ladies know. and gentlemen, welcome to Tentative. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Let's get ready to podcast. Hello, this is Tentative Podcast, where we talk about product design. I'm Kyle Fiedler, and with me is. Red Alamedan. You sound so happy. Yes. I, I, I can't Let's dive you. into this podcast. You just cranked the levels so high I can't I can't keep up. Yeah, I'm Red Alamedan. Hi. Can I can I take a sip of tea first? Are you, okay. are you a coffee drinker? I don't drink coffee, no. I drink tea sometimes. And water mostly. I don't drink a lot, like in general. Like, no, you're supposed to have like a lot yeah. of water every day. I know. I know. I've been trying to, but my body doesn't need that water, apparently. Or at least it appears <laughs> so. I'm hoping one day I could track that more efficiently. Like there are apps now, but they you have to manually, you know. So this is totally off topic, but this is something that I really want to talk about. And, and we just had like a 15 minute conversation about what to talk about. <laughs> I, so at some point I had, I was tracking everything. I was tracking my steps with my Fitbit and my phone. I was tracking my sleep. I had an app that like I kept my phone next to my head and tracked how good I was sleeping and how long. And, um, what else was I tracking? Like all of my runs, like I was tracking everything and quantifying, ev- trying to quantify everything. Uh, and I don't know what started it, but it just gave up. Like I realized that I wasn't doing anything with all of that data and I was just collecting it for no reason. Uh, and if anything, it was making me feel worse about myself. Like most of the time I would like wake up, even if I felt like I had a good enough night's sleep and look at the app and it told me that I had a bad night's sleep, I'd be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> and like, I would feel bad about that. Or like, if I set out to do like a three mile run and I only did two and a half and I came back and I was just like beat, but I'd be like, wow, I suck. I can't even do a three mile run. So I, I've stopped tracking everything. I turned off the health kit or whatever it's called on my iPhone. I stashed away my Fitbit. Yeah. This is very funny because I am the opposite I have never been tracking anything, and now I'm in in the mood to track everything. In fact, I'm actually thinking of building an app to track like stuff that I couldn't track with others, with like with existing solutions. Are you gonna track your intake and outtake 
of water and food. So that one is already done. I mean, that one exists. Uh, like you can just manually enter stuff. But I'm, I'm in the opposite situation where, you know, I'm just like, I'm so excited about the stuff I might be able to do with the data I collect. I've been tracking my sleep at least on my steps with a Fitbit. So that's that's been taken care of. And and sometimes when when my Fitbit run out of uh, of battery uh, or like yeah of, of of energy and I have to put it uh, I have to not use it for a certain night it feels like I didn't sleep that night because it's not recorded <laughs> it uh, I'm 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 there right now see see it's making your device is making you feel bad about yourself that's as opposed true to what it should be doing which is make you feel good about yourself that's true I've been lowering my my step my steps goal. I think now I'm at six thousand, <laughs> just so that I consistently hit them every day. It's dumb, but um, but I yeah. Also, like I noticed that unless I was at the top of my friends and Fitbit, like I wouldn't care about my steps. And usually they would work out to about I I walk to and from the train station, and uh, usually take a walk during lunch or in the afternoon. And I walk my dog in the evening and morning. So I, I usually hit about 10,000 steps a day. But I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't go out of my way to do more steps unless I was in first. And in which case, I'd be like, I'm going to go out of my way to do steps. But then I became friends with people that did a lot more average steps than me. And yeah, I was that's just true. like, yeah. I'm never going to hit that. So a lot of people are thought about do a lot of walking or running. So I, I never, I'm never even in the top five. So. Right. It was, it was nice when it was me and Caleb and Joel. And I think that was it. And for some reason I convinced everyone or we convinced everyone at Thoughtbot to get a Fitbit or they decided they wanted a Fitbit. I don't know what they, uh, but it went from something that was being fun to, to not being fun for me. I'll, I'll let you know when I start getting uh, fed up with it. Right now, I am not. I am quite the opposite. I'm very excited about the prospect of being able to use that data in a way that will improve my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. But it's a nice tangent, although we haven't got to the real topic yet. But Well, actually, I think it's a good topic, right? Like That leads into, we should segue... So I w- I'm iterating on my life. <laughs> Whoa, that's... I'll give it a six. Six out of ten. I'll give your segue six out of ten. Um, yeah, we wanted to talk about iteration, just because why not? <laughs> iteration and process. Yeah, that, sound, that makes it sound a lot more official than probably would end up be. Right. Well, the thing that I was thinking about recently, I tried to dig it up, but I couldn't find it, was um, there was recently a tweet uh, comparing junior designers to senior designers and the way that they approach a problem, right? Like a junior designer will talk, like hear a problem and jump immediately into doing solutions and trying to come out with a solution, whereas a more senior designer will will, will you know, take some time to understand the problem, ask questions, do research before they start jumping into trying to design for a solution. So this this is a reference to the process, not not iteration. Right. I think I think in general, uh, yes, it's into it's 
but iteration is part of the process. Yeah, it is. But within each iteration, there's a process. So, like research. So this is where I need to find the conversation. But this is where the the conversation and like started going on Twitter was that, and I didn't I didn't join in, but because I think it's it's super difficult to visualize our process and what we're trying to do. But they were trying; these people were trying to tackle it. At any rate, someone said, "Okay, a senior designer has like." Not only do they do a lot much, a lot more understanding the problem, doing research, asking questions, but they're also doing a lot more iteration throughout yeah. that work. So they're they're trying to understand the problem quickly, designing a solution, testing it, and then repeating that process. So going back to uh, understanding the problem. So while they're testing it, they're trying to just gain more knowledge of the problem. Whereas a junior designer's uh, iteration timeline is a lot, sh- uh, a lot longer. And what they're doing is they're they're spending a lot more time designing a solution, uh, then releasing it, and then doing a little bit of testing, and then you know, like basically what I talked about before. I, I'm gesturing with my hands as as though everyone can see me. But <laughs> <laughs> we should start a video podcast. <laughs> I ha- I have a face for radio. I can't actually see your face. I just see your forehead because <laughs> <laughs> of the micro, the filter in front of the microphone. Pop so filter. I'm talking to a forehead that that talks about design process. <laughs> Go ahead. You were saying, like, yeah. So the junior designer, the iterations are longer, and they are less focused on understanding the problem and more focused on building a solution. Yeah, that's. I think that's accurate. I've been finding it hard to communicate to clients who are all junior designers or non-designers, uh, like the value of getting something out the door and then iterating uh, versus spending a lot of time designing a perfect mock and then implementing it. Uh, some some clients don't quite get it, especially in the sense of like they don't know when they are done, sort of like with design. Mm-hmm. And I try to explain that design is usually never done. So whether we work on this one week or two or three or two years, we would still be iterating and trying to make it better. But to some people, that doesn't click. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. I think this is the, the one of the core tenets of the design sprint is just like get something out there quick. Be constrained with time so that you don't care as much and you can't waffle over some of the smaller details just just ship it one of the things that i've been thinking about is trying to duplicate that in the second and third and fourth week of projects um, this isn't something that we've done yet but it's something that i'd really like to try which is just like release a project every i guess for us it would be on thursday so every every thursday you release a product and so that either over the weekend or on Monday, you come in and test it and then repeat that, that iteration so that there's a really quick feedback loop really early on of what you're designing. Yeah. Do you, do you like iterate even when you're working on something like for your own or some internal project, like something that wouldn't need someone else's like sign off? Yeah, I think so. There's two types of iteration that I go through. The first is like visual design iteration, 
And, and honestly, like I think as I've grown as a designer, the more I do design, the, the more I'm trying to do upfront. So a lot of my visual design exploration, like I'm thinking to, I, I've done two projects recently. One was code triage and doing logos is, is a nice, nice example of, you know, visual design exploration and knowing when you're when you're done or like how much time you have for the logo. I think a lot of the the people we work for are startups and the logo isn't necessarily something that needs to be pristine. At yeah. any rate, so a lot of my design exploration happens for that logo in a sketchbook and I'm actively like trying to come up with ideas very much like our diverge process. Um, trying to fill up a few pages of ideas, and then I'm I'm just running with the two or three best ideas when I get into Illustrator. So like, there's a huge amount of you know, consolidation or or curation there, going from a sketchbook where I can have tons of ideas into Illustrator, where where I'm focusing on a few ideas, and then once in Illustrator, I am duplicating and duplicating and I'm focusing on details. So details like choosing the right typeface, looking at placement between the mark and text. But these are things that like totally didn't matter in sketching, um, but do matter once you've gotten into the details. So for each round of like, as I'm going through it, I'm, I'm iterating on my ideas. I'm, I'm like, copying and pasting. I think sketch works really well for this for UI where like you can easily duplicate an artboard and look at previous edition revisions, but like also just quickly duplicate an artboard and start in a different direction. So what's the second type? Because you mentioned like there are two types, visual design. So application design or product design, or I guess what wait, wait, about. wait, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm confused. Uh, visual design can be applied to software too. Right. Why, why do you need to make it separate from application design or software design? I think the refinement process is different for me. Okay. So for visual design, I am looking, and maybe it's just where I'm getting feedback from. For visual design, I'm getting feedback from the other designers, people that are knowledgeable about design. For application, so product design, I'm looking to get feedback from users to figure out if I'm solving the problem properly. And then I'm looking to the team, so me and the developers and the client, to figure out the right solution for those problems. So where I'm getting the feedback from and how many people I'm working with or who I'm working with is decided on, on those two kinds of things. I certainly like while I'm getting visual design feedback, if it is a web app, I'm certainly getting feedback on the product. Yeah. But so I think to me, they're just the same thing. It's just the, the uh, details are different. So when you're doing visual design, the the test phase is basically either you or the person who needs to sign off that needs to be pleased with the design. Whereas like for other types of design, like interaction design or product design, you need to test 
you need to test the product or the interaction with users and then decide whether it, it's, it works or not, if you see what I mean. So technically, like, it, they're both testing. They're like two different types of testing. I guess. <laughs> I, think I mean, for, for me, that's like, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. For, for the application, though, there's this extra step of interpreting the feedback that I'm getting. So parsing it down yeah, to a true. problem and then creating a new solution. Ooh. Whereas the feedback that I'm getting for visual design, I can usually condense it down. Oh, maybe I guess it is. I think it's similar. the same. Yeah, like can, someone would say, yeah, the, this logo or this icon is is it's uh, too big. is too big. No, they never say it's too big. <laughs> it's too small. And then you would go back and try to interpret that, like why did they think it was small, or why right. did, do they think it wasn't bright enough? And sometimes I think myself, like when I when I do iteration, I am actually doing that for my own design. So I design something, and then I look at it the next day. And just like shake my head, like this is really bad. And then I try to fix some things. And that's how I test is basically I, I, I make sure that the design can actually stand the test of time. <laughs> so like I, I check it every couple of days. Sometimes I would stop working on something for a week and then I go back and then I look at it again and then I, I like identify the problems a lot more easily. When you when you sleep on something or like when you spend a little bit of time, you 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 start seeing things that you weren't seeing when you were too close or like you know you know when you were too involved in in the design. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's like fresh eyes basically, and that's why yeah. here at Thoughtbot, I I'd ask other designers to look at it because there's times when I don't have like that that break. Um, right. And right, even if true. I do have a break, sometimes like it, it won't be as good as someone that's not on the project, that's not staring at it for eight hours a day. So having a fresh set of eyes, whether it's your eyes that have been you know, a break, uh, taking, have taken a break from doing design or you know someone else's fresh set of eyes. But I, I totally agree with you on, on like personal projects. I'll either send it to a couple people that I trust or like I'll just put it aside for a couple of days and then come back to it. And if yeah. like, I still think it's going in the right direction, I'll be happy. And if, if I don't like I can, I can tell usually. Yeah. Here's a question for you. When you're doing design and you do a lot of iterations and you need to present the results of that design to someone, do you show them all the iterations, none of the iterations or just you, you pick some iterations that you think are worthwhile? Depends on who it is and how I think uh, they'll interpret those iterations, how much trust they have in me or in the design process or in the prototyping process. Because like sometimes I think we do a good job of this in the design sprint is like we come up with tons of ideas and it's it tends to, as a group, I've always tended to see like people were can can start to see where the good ideas are and where the bad ideas are. Whereas when you're only shown a couple ideas, you, you're not you don't have that refined filter, or some people don't have as refined filter. So if I show them my, like previous ideas that I thought weren't going in the right direction, 
Like I need to know that they're going to trust me in knowing that they're not the right direction. Does that yeah, make sense? That, no, no, it totally does. It's actually something I've struggled with uh, because when I don't show any iterations, I tend to make the the, the process of, of of reviewing the design a lot longer because people would be suggest like you know suggesting things that I've already tried and they didn't work. Like you know, like hey, can we make these two lines instead of one? Or and I've tried those things, but I didn't present them. So when I go the other extreme of showing everything, I start getting people who are more attached to some specific iteration than that myself. I don't think is as good as the last one. So it's a dilemma. And recently, I've been preferring to just show everything, even if one of the middle iterations would be more favored by the decision makers. If I'm not the decision maker, of course, then I would still show it because it would save me a lot of time to try to figure out why they didn't like the last iteration. I mean, as designers, we should have, there should be reasons why we're not taking, going down a certain iteration, right? So I guess the... The real reason is like I weigh the amount of energy that it's going to take to talk about those iterations and why I've decided they aren't the right direction, you know, using user research and past iteration, past prototypes uh, or past for visual design, past iterations of visual design as examples and reasons why I'm moving forward in a certain direction. But there's like a certain amount of energy there. I agree. And, and, and there could be a lot of time wasted in communicating that. But th- it could, there's also, there could be a lot of value as well. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think I just take it by a case by case basis. I think yeah. also like one of the things that we like to do at ThoughtBot is have our clients be, be in the office with us. And some of the best client relationships I've had have been with clients who have sat next to me and like they could see the work that I'm doing and the, the process that I'm going through, the iteration process, and, and we can easily like talk back and forth. Um, and I think there it's been easier, like the, the bar for communicating, the, the energy for communicating design decisions has been a lot less because they've been seeing the work They've been like talking with me throughout the entire process. I think that communication is is like the best designer client product manager relationship that you can have is just like sit next to each other as long as the client or product manager isn't like over your shoulder. Hopefully they won't be. Yeah, that that yeah, I agree. I would have trouble working if someone is looking over my shoulder. Uh the entire time, but I agree that like constant communication always makes iteration more valuable because it, it iterations themselves they end up being the a tool for like communicating the process. They're actually the most visual one because you can describe as much as you as you want, but it's 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 never better than uh, having a series of like steps or, or or iterations that you went through before getting to a certain design so i i totally and i totally understand like the value of that and the the other thing i wanted to add is that 
do you does it happen to you that you get something that you really like from iteration one and then then you like what would you do then would you still iterate just for the sake of iterating or you would say all right i think we've hit a good a good balance in in this in this result uh, sorry in this iteration so maybe we should move to something else for now instead of just doing iteration for the sake of it did, did you ever had this case where you didn't need as much iteration as you you would typically would how are we getting validation <laughs> oh well by through through your experience i guess like the more you do something the more you have a knack of how some things will will turn out and the less iteration you need in some areas i think for product design if it's been validated then i assume features can always be refined user flow can always be refined but you know the validation comes from going in the right direction right iteration shouldn't be it shouldn't be the same as like divergence yeah. I, so I feel like there's there's a bit of a difference. So like going back to that example of my logo design process, like the sketching, some of those ideas might be like one on top of each other, which is somewhat of an iteration. But that process of like sketching and trying to come up with as many ideas as possible is really like divergence, ideation. Once I get into illustrators where I do iteration, right? It's like, there's this thing that has that I feel like is going in the right direction. These are some slight differences between like this typeface and this typeface or this mark and this mark. And so the the slight differences is where I think good design can become great design. Yeah, I, I that makes sense. So, I think what you're asking is like the divergence part. Like did you when you were combing that down to one direction, did you pick the right direction? Or yeah. or did you... So I think for me, what I, I, I try, even if I think the first direction is going in, like, in the right direction, I still try and come up with other ideas before, even if it's just a couple, before diving into one. But a lot of this for me too is just Again, sketches. So it's just a matter of like taking an extra minute or two to like think of other layouts or other logo design marks or other interactions. It shouldn't be you know, the, most of the time they're micro interactions, but like it shouldn't be something that's really time intensive. the The time intensive part should be like again, probably understanding the problem, what's going into it. And what what is the thing that you're trying to design, trying to solve? Yeah. How how does do you think iteration would feel like sorry, would fit in a like traditional like waterfall workflow? Because a lot of people still work that way. Like and especially when like designing mobile apps, they would design all the screens of the entire app and then hand them over to some developer who will slice them up and implement them in xcode or 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 android studio and then test them on a mobile device and probably ship the app that way so how how can iteration work in that sort of process aren't there a bunch of tools where you can see your design as your as as you're designing it 
So I know Envision in particular, I believe, uh, like Marvel and the other like mock-up type things can can you can put basically an app on your phone. You could also like for mobile use something like Framer JS, right? Um, yeah. And just use it on your phone or have other people use it. And essentially, it's a prototype, right? And get feedback that way. Yeah, but that's that's mostly to test like visual things. Like, it doesn't work from a product iteration point of view. Like, you test the colors, layouts, maybe interactions, but it don't test whether this thing, whether users will will even use this thing or find it useful from a product perspective. I would hope that you could use the prototype as a talking point to figure out. So, I guess this goes to jobs the way that I think about solving problems, which is jobs to be done. Like how are they currently solving that jobs to be done? What are they hiring to solve that job to be done? What's their current process? And then showing them the prototype and going through the prototype and seeing what their reaction is. Uh, You can't ask them, Oh, Hey, is this going to, is this going to be better than, than what you're currently hiring for that job? Yeah. But you can kind of gauge a reaction from them of like where there might be some pull to the new product, where the like what you're building might be better than what they're currently using. So I use the prototype as a talking point because yeah, you're right. Like until you actually launch a thing, you're not going to really know. But you should use that prototype as validation. Try and get as much validation as possible, especially yeah. before putting the time an effort into building an iOS app, which I think is more intensive than, than building a web app. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear your point, but I still, I still find it hard to iterate when you have a, when you're not coding your designs. Yeah. This, this might not be what most people think, but that's my thinking anyways. Like even if I, even if I had access to all these tools and I can, I can like draw some stuff in sketch and and send it to my phone. It's still not the real thing and it's still not hitting like real world problems. So if your app is doing anything with network networking, uh you need to account for for instance when the internet is slow or when there's no internet. All of these things are at the end of the day part of the user experience and as a as a product designer as a, an interface designer it's it would end up being part of your job to iterate on these things as well and doing just like the iteration on on the visual part of things and the interaction part of things is never enough when you're making software because there's just there's just one side of the coin the other side is like there is there is a whole set of systems and and like and code behind that makes this thing run and there are all sorts of like related problems like accessibility or uh, and yeah you can say that's the the job of a developer but that's not how i see things it's still i see those things that's still the responsibility of of the designer Uh, and in my opinion if you're building software and you want to be like iterating then you should definitely know your ways around actually iterating on software not on the artifacts that lead you to design that software yeah no i i agree with you on that i think at least from what i know 
so I haven't worked on an iOS app in a while, is that the the feedback loop there is a lot longer than it is on the web. In, so, in what sense? Like uh, just from a like what what sort of feedback loop? I guess with test flight you can get it on your phone quick quickly, right? So like maybe I'm wrong. You, but, you mean like you mean like sending it to to users like testers? Yes. Well, I guess there's that part, but there's even before that just you playing with it on an actual device with actual data. Like there's that like step. Can't you do that with test flight? You can do it without test flight, of course, if if you know how to build the project. But test flight is for beta testers or or like testers in general. Mm-hmm. And test flight now is part of the Apple ecosystem, so it's integrated with everything. So it got if if anything it got easier now to ship stuff at least like on a daily basis even if if you want. So yeah. no, I don't think it's it's still less straightforward than pushing to staging on Heroku or something, but it's not as bad as it used to be where you had to gather like user device uh, IDs and put input them manually. It used to be super hard. I think now it's you just get a bunch of emails and add them to the tester list and then just send send a new build. That's nice. But so so my I'm asking because like can't we then just follow the same iteration process that we follow on the web where yes, a designer should be thinking about all of those things for the web too. They should be thinking about accessibility. They should be thinking about how much time and intensity it's going to be to build, you know, a certain feature and yeah. be communicating. Like I don't think you said the designer should own all of that. I think the no. team should own all of that. Like we should yeah, be right. working together and communicating really well. I think it goes back to the same kind of relationship that we would have that I would want with the client, which is like the client sitting next to me. I want the designer sitting in, or developer sitting in front of me so that like when we do have questions for each other, like we can easily communicate those or, yeah. or if we're remotely like quickly hitting each other up on Slack or making sure that we're available to jump on a hangout. No, I think I think the point I was trying to say is that iterating on 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 software is is the is still the responsibility of the team as you said, but most uh, importantly, I was trying to say that the, it is also the responsibility of the designer to to actually iterate through the the like th- iterate on the software itself because I see the pattern of a lot of designers just shipping the assets and then calling it quits. Like my job here is done. And I think that's wrong. Unless you're a strictly graphic designer and you don't care really about how the software is and will end up looking, then it's still your responsibility to make sure that whatever you worked on is works well with, with like real data. And this doesn't apply only on mobile. It applies on, on web, mobile, or other sort of development as well. A lot of times you, your lower MIPSUM is not going to be what the actual data is. And this is where iteration comes a lot like uh, to help is basically like things that you were not able to see at first, you, you get to see them once you, like, you know, you, 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 you iterate on it. They're coming for you. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> what's a podcast without an ambulance backdrop sound? 
do you hear my point? <laughs> yes, I do. I think what what we're just talking around is is what I've said in that blurred lines blog post, which is like, you know, the the team makeup and the responsibilities don't matter as much as everyone having empathy and understanding what the other people are doing on the team. Like, I feel like in a situation like with me and you working together, like one of us could do the front end and just be doing visual design and the other one could be doing uh, implementation and we could work really well together because like I do care about the output and you do too. And you'll be like, Kyle, this doesn't, this design doesn't make sense. Like you should like rethink this because of A, B and C and like our developers do that as well. Like they'll be like, Hey, this, this feature here is going to take two weeks. Whereas if we do this version of it, it'll take a day and we can ship it out and we can test it and see if, you know, that version that takes two weeks is worthwhile to put in the two weeks worth of effort. Yeah. I, I, I hear, I hear this point. We should link to that article in the show notes, by the way, it's a really good article. (laughs) I think we have already linked, linked to it from a different episode, but it's really good. Did you write that? Oh, you, you wrote that. Uh, It's, it's bad. (laughs) <laughs> don't read it. Yeah, it's the only listeners, good thing I've ever written. Yeah, dear listeners, don't read it. It's just a bunch of like nonsense about how software design and development should should work. None of it applies to reality. No, it's a good article. I I'm joking, uh, and I think it captures a lot of uh, the uh, issues that I hear people debating about on. They're not really issues, but like, you know, the topics that people talk about on, on Twitter and on on Medium, other social media. Have you seen Medium? Like they, they redesigned their website. Did they? I just you saw the logo. Yeah, there's this weird M-shaped logo that I'm not sure what to think about. But, you know, I don't use Medium. I won't use Medium. And, I, yeah, I couldn't care less about their redesign that, that's one one of the things i don't use medium is that i'm i am i would be very uncomfortable putting my my content in a site that i don't control in terms of design and stuff so like imagine if if their logo was like i don't know a dog like a corgi i probably don't want my content to to be listed or to appear in that website so and people like because people were asking like Whenever I say that I don't put stuff in Medium, they ask, like, why not? And this is one of the reasons why not. Yeah, I think if I'm going to put time and effort into writing something, I'd like to make sure that I own the content. I don't know what Medium's... Long-term goals? <laughs> long-term goals or le- their legality. Like, once you write something on Medium, do do you still own it or do they own it? No idea. I, I, I do think that their design is really nice and they have a way for um you know promoting the things that you're writing yeah but for people who don't have an audience it could help i guess i don't really have an audience but well now I, you do i, I still <laughs> your I st- your blog posts are actually pretty popular all all the recent ones or most of them well thought I, has w- an audience well yes but they come to read Kyle Fiedler's articles. Mm. Yeah, but anyways. Yeah, um, for personal use, I, I don't use Medium because I want to control the content. 
Um, yeah. This is one of the reasons why I don't have a Facebook account is because I believe like once you upload something or say something on Facebook, they own it. They own that. That's right. As opposed to you. And I don't like that. I want to, I want to own yeah. all my photos and know that they're not going to be used yeah. for ads or whatever. Yeah. Else. And the other thing is related to this is that when I read something on medium, I never remember who wrote it because it all looks the same. <laughs> and also it, all the, all the content start, starts reading, reading the same as well. Yeah. So it's, it's not like when I go to a blog and it has like this quirky like logo and this like weird background color. Even if it's not good, it's a brand and I remember it. Like someone would mention the article and would say, "Oh, I remember that was the logo, uh, the blog with the the purple background." Whereas now it's like, yeah, it was a Medium article written by some dude or dudette. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I don't I don't read them anymore because a lot of them are garbage anyway. Like why you should do X or why X is bad for Y. And I just don't read that stuff. It's a lot of it is not it's there's no research. Like people don't research what they put most of the time. And there's a lot of ignorance. I think we should wrap up before I start ranting about other things. More about medium. <laughs> about everything. <laughs> because like it's a chain, you know, when I start re- like starting talking about something I would think of something else and it, it just goes. It's like a reactive chain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can wrap up. Yeah, thank you for listening. This was Tentative uh, Episode 15. You can listen to this podcast, of course. No, I, I lost. <laughs> Sorry, I should pull <laughs> you that You can up. listen to this podcast at tentative.fm. For free. For free. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can find our show notes at tentative.fm slash 14. You can tweet. 15. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. 14 plus one. And you can tweet at us at tentative FM one word. I think you need to start over. No, I'm, I'm not going to start over. This is our <laughs> outro and it's going to stay like this. We're not robots. We make mistakes. We're humans. Uh, you can email you us to iterate on top of this, buddy. I don't. I'm not. Uh, you can email us at hosts at tentative.fm. Uh, if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, and if you don't like it, please write us at the email uh, that I just uh, mentioned. Uh, sorry for uh, <laughs> the rocky outro. See you next time.